On this episode, we watched The Cobbler. Starring. Shoes. And. Other shoes. Sandler. <laughs> Sandals. <laughs> the resort. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Uh, I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Rounding it out. All three of us. The delightful scamp. America's favorite rascal. Elliot Kalin. And we're his hand- Yeah, we're your handlers. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> that's handlers. Why we're wearing these gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why you have to lock me back up in a cage at the end of the night. And that's why I have to spray myself with Elliot urine. <laughs> <laughs> just to get me interested in you. <laughs> yeah, just to get him interested in hanging out with me. <laughs> Where do you wa- get my urine again, by the uh, way? <laughs> I, have to, I have to collect it from, uh, uh, I guess, like benches and trees <laughs> from the area. Yeah, yeah, that's where I put it. <laughs> <laughs> in little jars yeah a little apple apple juice mott's apple juice jars yeah yeah mott's apple juice jars um and so. modello beer bottles uh, i mean uh, uh tastes delicious that's uh, what Stuart's drinking out of you can't okay. see it's it it's a visual gag <laughs> yeah imagine now Stuart's doing a spit take mm-hmm. patooey patooey gross <laughs> We're done. Oh, and uh, also his eyes popped out, and his he made, turned into like a steam ah, whistle. Your eyes were popped out. <laughs> he turned yep. into like a steam Stewart. whistle, and his, his hands turned I'm, into I'm a mallet. It stretched out my optic nerves. Hit himself with the mallet really hard because I guess he saw like a sexy lady or something. Yeah. He's oh, now he's he's yeah. banging on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my eyes, my eyeballs are hanging out of my head. Somebody pulling my toenails real hard <laughs> to pull them back in. Yeah, that works. <laughs> cartoon biology. That's a, I, that they teach you that in the cartoon medical schools. Mm-hmm. How to how to handle somebody whose eyes popped out of their head or they were flattened by something? Usually, there's a lot of inflating or deflating. Yeah, or like how to unzip somebody's skin to just get their skeleton right out. Yeah, yeah. So you can set their bones, <laughs> and put them back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to and how to you got to play their rib cage like a xylophone yeah, first. That's, I went to a music conservatory to learn how to play <laughs> a, cartoon music conservatory. Yeah, well, it's human like rib cage. You wouldn't be. Silo. I mean, it wouldn't surprise you. Guess how many uh, duck bill refastenings we have to do back at the cartoon <laughs> ER. Ducks get shot, blown up. Bill gets spun around. You got to reattach it. The hard part is reattaching the bill to the throat. Okay, takes a lot of clamps. Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's how a bill becomes a law. Kids, it's all on the test. Remember it for later. Uh, so this podcast is a podcast where yep. we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Glad you took us back to first principles. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, some people might think it's a tautology. I think you uh, just need to know what's tautology. Going on. Your ology is so taut, Dan. Have you been working out? <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, so yeah, so we do this podcast and we I talk just let about that a movie. linger there. <laughs> just let that sink like a stone, a little mm-hmm. All pregnant the way the pause. Bottom of the ocean. <laughs> An aborted pregnancy. Uh, uh, pregnant don't pause. like it. Don't like it at all. You know what, Dan? I'm going to let you keep going down the dead end that you're on, and uh, Stuart and I can go down a different road. Vroom, vroom. Honk, honk. Wee. <laughs> the car doesn't Wee. even have gas or wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seems to be some kind of a... 
TV box. Let me put has, another quarter uh, in this so that it can, it'll it. vibrate around in front of the drugstore a little bit longer and keep Dan busy so he can get started on the podcast. Uh, Dan, and by that I mean Stuart. Yes. What was the movie we watched? We watched a movie called The Cobbler. Now, a lot of people have been asking us to do this movie because uh, they, they hate know us. how much we love dessert. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dan, what is a cobbler? Uh, You're a baker. It's kind of like a grunt. <laughs> a, a that, what does that mean? It's a little bit like a crisp. Okay. What's uh, a grunt? A grunt is like I'm like, familiar with the brothers' grunts. They wore wingtips and just boxer shorts or board shorts and were a uh, kind of bad way to set up a framework for music videos on MTV. A grunt is a cobbler that has basically biscuits on top of it. Okay. And what's a cobbler? A cobbler. Since you now explained a cobbler by comparing it to a grunt and a grunt by comparing it to a cobbler. When Goldberry came to the door, it was as if an elf maiden had come to the door. A, a thing that has not shown up in this book yet. Cobbler's a fruit thing that has more of a... Fruit thing. So like fruit by the foot? A pastry top. Or like, is it more like, like a, a loose, gusher? A loose pastry top. Oh, not tie like that a, thing on or else like that, that pastry is going to lose its top a, and Willie Tall Salt's going to have to return it <laughs> in the Great Cobbler Off-Road Adventure. Yeah. And uh, Crisp, you know, it has uh, like He's the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. And sugar <laughs> and butter all mixed together. He's the author of The Naked Civil Servant. Mm-hmm. So what's a cobbler? Because <laughs> I talked through most of the explanation. <laughs> uh, so it's like a fruit snack. Yeah, it's like it's a, a pastry. fruit <laughs> That's what I said. Oh, okay. Is it like a gusher? <laughs> It's one of them juicy frites. Here's a juicy, juicy frites. Is that a fried juicy from France? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a steak juicy frites. And now, uh, is it? Can you roll it up? Because uh, I love fruit in roll-up form. <laughs> you probably get your hands pretty messy though. Now, uh, vis-a-vis Gert, does it go? <laughs> yeah, can you just take a, a cobbler on the go? Like uh, roll it up or something. I mean, you can take most things on the go. Not anvils. <laughs> That's true. Not blue whales. Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, I guess most most things is probably uh, not like a five foot long. Yeah. Like how zone. many how many planets or stars can I take on the go? No, Answer all right. of them. They're always moving through space. There's almost an infinite number of things that cannot be taken on the the go. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't really go, just kind of sit around and don't do a lot. The Cobbler, starring Adam Sandler, and directed by and written by Tom McCarthy, currently nominated for a bunch of Oscars, right? For Spotlight mm-hmm. or The Cobbler? Yeah, <laughs> The Cobbler for best cobbling. Tom yeah. McCarthy. Uh, Whose work in the past I've enjoyed quite a lot. And I liked who, Spotlight. Yeah. I liked, he did win-win. He did win-win. I liked that. Station agent. I haven't seen that still. I liked The Visitor. I bumped into Tom McCarthy outside a screening of his win-win. He was about to come in and talk to people, and I had to go out early. But I was like, I gave <laughs> I gave him one of those, I liked your movie, thumbs-ups. Oh, as opposed to those, I hated your movie, thumbs-ups? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> when you just go, it sucked, and you throw the thumbs-up. Um, so I've got fond feelings for this man who because he saw, together, saw his face. That's a great movie. <laughs> this movie not quite so good as the others in that it was not good. Uh, let's talk about the basic premise. It's a bit of magical realism rooted in let's call it, it usually works in movie form almost always and rooted in a very specific sort of uh, plasma music. Uh, yeah, <laughs> of, of let's call it Jewish folk mysticism mm-hmm. uh, or magical realism. It's a fairy tale, if you will, with a heavy bed of. Of klezmer music that is at times almost indistinguishable, as Stuart pointed out, from Squirrel Nut Zipper's music. <laughs> uh, there is a cobbler, mm-hmm. played by Adam Sandler. He hates being a cobbler. Oh, well, we start out in the past. It's the 1930s. And some evil land developer is trying to raise the rent so that all these Jewish craftsmen of different types are going to be run out of their stores. And 
one of them says, so hey. So they have a breaking competition to keep the land developer at bay. Uh, I wish. <laughs> In fact, actually, I don't wish. The last thing I need to see is like, these Jews are going to start breakdancing. What? Cobbler. Come on. Yeah, they could just borrow a breakdancer's shoes. Oh, wait, we haven't even got to the magic shoes part of this. There's story magic shoes, but this establishes that there's a magic shoe machine where if you so if you <laughs> the Miami have- shoe machine. <laughs> <laughs> Gloria Stefan's shoe store, the Miami shoe machine, was not as successful. I'll tell you why. They kept wanting to turn the feet around. Oh. But that's not how feet work. They only point in one direction. And no. if you try to wear shoes that point the other direction, you will hurt your feet. Yeah. You'll fall over. So, so the there's, a magic, there's a magic shoe Stuart machine. Has been, by the way, this whole time, Stuart's been playing with the cat, and I have to remove the cat toy from Stuart's hands. <laughs> trying to keep it, I trying it to keep Archie occupied. Just trying to keep it real. I don't think it's less distracting than Archie <laughs> doing what Archie normally would do. Without what, which is what? Like conga dance? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that would be very distracting. Or just like hurl fish heads at us? That would also yep. be distracting. Practice his awesome powers impression. <laughs> <laughs> Do I make you horny? Meow meow. Archie Powers. Shagadelic. My wife, etc. <laughs> How did Borat get in there? I don't know. Why not? I feel like Austin Powers would probably be up for uh, doing some Borat. Ruby, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> Archie, you're that's not. I mean, that movie predates Austin Powers by a number of years. Yeah, so Austin Powers would have seen it. They didn't cover every moment of the time that he spent in our future. <laughs> You're right. There was a point when they thought him out to stop Dr. Evil. But at a certain point, he said, I keep hearing about this groovy dinosaur movie. You got to show it to me, baby. Uh-huh. My wife. <laughs> You're not even married, and that movie doesn't exist yet. Play it, Sam. Do I make you horny? Well, you said the line correctly, so okay, that's fair. You didn't say play it again, Sam. Yep. He starts saying, my wife, uh, this guy calls up his cousin. He's like, Sasha, it's your cousin. <laughs> it's your cousin, Jamie Baron Cohen. You know that catchphrase you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. Say it again, Austin. Say what? I don't understand. I'm not even trying to do an Austin Powers voice. <laughs> the idea of doing one is so, so demeaning to me that I'm not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> this is my awesome powers impression. Do I make you horny? Yeah, baby. That's the new character. Elliot Kalen, the impressionist with too much self-respect. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend I'm somebody else. I love me for me. Now, here's my Jimmy Carter. It's me, the president, Jimmy Carter. I've got lust in my heart. Thank yeah, you. I mean, that's something you said in text, too, in an interview. Not, you know. In an so inter- he, printed awesome interview. Awesome Powers said that? Uh, awesome right. Powers said it all the time, yeah. Woo, okay. So, Austin Wrong Cat pipe. Powers. Yep. Uh, so, uh, there's a magic shoe machine. If you repair a pair of shoes with this machine and then it's put them on. absurd when you say it. <laughs> Can you let me finish explaining what the magic shoe machine does? It doesn't make shoes. No. It's not magic. It doesn't make magic shoes. If, but if you repair a pair of shoes with it and you put the shoes on, you instantly become, just in appearance and voice, the person whose shoes, they, who, who they belong to. Who the shoes that belong to? Yeah, them at that exact moment in time. You look yes. like them at that exact moment, and in time. sound like them. And sound you like don't them. get you don't. And it's not smell like, a, like them apparently. Apparently, but yeah. it's not like a being John Malkovich where you get ported into that actual person. You just become their exact clone. Yeah, it's a real William Wilson type scenario. But you can yeah. maintain your own uh, consciousness. And in fact, that's one of the failings of Adam Sandler's many plans to do that in this movie is that he's an idiot 
And when he becomes someone else, he doesn't try to act like they would. He just acts like himself or He's constantly surprised. amazed at what happens. <laughs> yeah. like, mm-hmm. What? I'm pretending to be this person. I can't believe what's happening. <laughs> Why are you treating me like this person that I'm pretending to be and who I look like? Now, okay, let's talk to him in the beginning. So, Magic Shoe Machine. Adam Sandler is... Running this shoe store, he's fourth generation cobbler. He doesn't like it. He's on yep. the, he's on like the Chinatown Lower East Side mm-hmm. area of New York. And he's he's supposed to just be like a depressed, humble man. But as we were saying before, like the movie sort of overshoots and gets into like Forrest Gump territory. He it, seems like he may have some sort of problem. It both overshoots into possible mental difficulties area, and also he's a kind of with it withdrawn loner who is brought out of his shell by what happens but he they go too far into almost like travis bickle territory where he's like a creepy guy he's like a creepy awkward i mean when we last caught up with our 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 buddy uh adam sandler sandman uh, the sandman yeah Yeah. the sandman we it was last uh, we entered sandman yeah that was in uh men women and children right yeah Um, Mm -hmm. uh, a movie that also it looked like he you know rolled out of bed right into right into start shooting yeah um he doesn't shave for his movies no, I mean, why He's, would he? It's I, cold outside. That's a good point. It's a very good point. I mean, it is currently cold outside. But. It actually looked quite warm in the movie, even though he's always wearing a coat and scarf. And here's the thing. Here's a tip for you anyone. You gotta who, have a hook, man. Anyone a coat who, and scarf. Anyone who gets a magic shoe machine that lets you become another person, don't wear the same coat and scarf you wear all the time. Maybe. But how will the audience know it's you, then? Because maybe they've been paying attention to the movie. Yeah, it does feel like a weird, like, comic booky thing. If, like, the comic book character had this power, there would be some indicator at all times whether they were using the thing. Yeah. It is also a moment for the director to be like, my audience is pretty stupid. No, well, maybe, <laughs> They are yeah. not going to be able to follow this. They're just going to think we're following yeah. a random person around for some reason. <laughs> so we'll give him a big, like, loose print tie that he wears around, or... or Scarf, I mean, or maybe maybe he's hoping that that like that coat and that scarf will be like an Easter egg that people will be like when they're super pumped about it. They just finish the movie and they're like, let's start it back up again so I can see all the cool things that I missed. Oh, and they're watching it again. They're like, oh, my God, that guy was wearing a tie. He was a zombie the whole time or whatever. (laughs) And then more like they were hoping it would catch on and become like like there was the Annie Hall look. There would be the cobbler look, which would be wearing a long coat, long brown coat and a brightly colored scarf and mm-hmm. people would be like hey great tom baker costume no i'm the cobbler come <laughs> on i'm the cobbler stop confusing me with the doctor because mm-hmm. i'll tell you this tom mccarthy and i'm sandler the coat with a colorful scarf look has already been taken mm-hmm. you've been diagnosed with stealing intellectual property <laughs> come up with something else yeah, you're going to, and you're going to hospital jail <laughs> uh so he is unhappy. He doesn't like it. He is uh, told that there's an old man who is the last living person in his apartment building and is trying to be run out by evil developers who want to tear down the building and build a, a block of high-rise condos for the young rich people, I'm guessing. Uh, he also works next door. His name is Max. Mm-hmm. This is, we can call him Max. He lives next door or works next door, rather, to Jimmy, played by Steve Buscemi, who mm-hmm. is a barber who loves pickles. And mm-hmm. has always given Max pickles to eat. And advice. Yeah. And advice, but mainly pickles. Mm-hmm. And they have a close relationship. <laughs> They're best friends, longtime family friends. Max lives in Sheepshead Bay with his mother. His dad, they think, is dead. Yeah. And Max, how did he discover that the shoe machine, I guess his regular shoe machine, breaks down? Yeah. Method Man brings in a pair of shoes. Method Man playing, of course, 
a college professor. No, just kidding. He's playing some kind of drug-dealing thug because of the two black characters in the movie, one is a criminal thug and the other is a kid who is made fun of for being fat a number of times. An obese child. Yeah. Uh, And so Adam Sandler's regular non-magical shoe machine breaks down, so he decides to repair them with his antique shoe machine. And then I guess he's just curious about shoes and wants to try them on because they're the same size he wears. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, he doesn't have a lot in his life. He's a cobbler. <laughs> yeah. That's how he gets his illicit thrills. I mean, when he, you spend all day slaving over a hot pair of shoes, <laughs> you want to slip your dogs right in them, that's dude. That's true. Uh, yeah. Now, what he really needs, and this would make his life a lot earlier, is a staff of magical elves that do the work for him at night. I mean, the movie would be great if they had, like, magical elf characters or, like, a talking shoe machine character. If the shoes came to life and mm-hmm. only he could hear them, now we're talking a great movie. Shoes have tongues. Use them to talk. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, hey, ask her out. I think it'd be really good. Shut up, shut up. Did you just tell your shoes to shut up? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was I was telling uh, you to shut up. Uh, yeah, you. That's better. I oh, hate well, you. Well, I never. You just blew it, buddy. Shut up, shoes. <laughs> Did you just call me a stupid pair of shoes? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, but uh, hey, we're on a date at a fancy go, restaurant. I guess that's a fair assessment of me. <laughs> you know what? I w- if I was a pair of shoes, I would be stupid because I'm a great person. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> hey, ask her out. I'll be your wingtip man. Shut up, shut up. Did did you tell me to shut up again? No, I swear I was talking to my shoes. Arr! The cobbler rated R. <laughs> For extensive nudity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because he does he spends a lot of time having sex with the shoes. So did, you say, did, did we describe what happens when he puts those shoes on? When he puts the shoes on, he looks like the person whose shoes they belong to. Yeah. I told I said that already. And so you're probably thinking, oh, I can't wait to watch this movie because I'm gonna watch some really amazing CGI morphing effects. <laughs> no nope. like from the movie Sleepwalkers, where Adam Sandler like shakes his head really fast yeah. and he like yada 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 what? <laughs> and he turns into Method Man all of a sudden. No, no the camera just, just cuts away, cuts and then back. back. Yeah, it's it's the easiest and frankly better way to do it. <laughs> I don't know, man. And uh, but also, uh, if you're wondering, does he then try on a whole bunch of shoes and in the process and do like, a little transphobic humor? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is weird that those uh, the, the, that pair of pumps that he he puts on the stiletto, like, yeah, those pump. stiletto pumps. It doesn't look like his shoe machine would. I mean, I guess resole them because there's no sole on these stiletto heels. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, every shoe has a sole. It's the plot of my new children's movie, All Shoes Go to Heaven. It turns out people go to hell, (laughs) but shoes go to heaven. But people abuse shoes day and night, walking on them, forcing them to slave away for nothing. So we go to hell. It sounds pretty dark for a Pixar movie. Uh, Pixar loved it. Jimmy Pixar, the head of Pixar, he said it was the best movie they've made (laughs) since Monsters University. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now I, I wow, damning with faint praise. <laughs> I would have liked it if, when he was trying on a bunch of different shoes, they did it in like a Pretty Woman montage style, though, where oh, uh, yeah, Steve Buscemi was like sitting there, like giving a thumbs up or shaking yeah, and his walk head like a man time. plays. Yeah, or walk, walk like, like an like Egyptian, and he tried oh, on some walk, he some yeah. ancient mummy shoes and turned into a walking pharaoh. on sunshine. All right, I mean, any any of the walking um, things would would work. You, these boots are made for walking. Perfect, it's great, perfect, yeah. <laughs> Why they didn't play that when he puts blue the suede on. shoes? There you go. Uh, it had to be shoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mad that, about shoe. About that, that, we're talking about that character from the comic strip shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the irascible 
duck reporter. <laughs> he yep. lives in a tree. Yep. When uh, no, Adam Sandler takes him and stretches his little duck body around his feet, <laughs> he morphs into, the, into that comic book character. Wait, so hold on a second. His shoes are made out of his own body? Because <laughs> his name is Shoe. That's what's so funny. This is, He's like, the- why did somebody name me this? <laughs> So Adam Sandler puts on a bunch of shoes and he kind of he now goes on a miniature crime spree where he's taking people's shoes and doing bad things with them. He's he's dining and dashing food. He's creepily stalking some people. He puts on the shoes of a handsome guy who lives near his his uh, store and played by the guest Stan Stevens and almost downtown Abbey has sex under false pretenses with. With the guy's girlfriend until he, he realizes creepily, he'd have to take his yeah, shoes off. Yeah, it gets creepily close. Yeah, yeah. She's inviting him. She's nude. She's inviting him. She's in the shower. She has the, a she has an organic reason for being nude. There. She's not yeah. just swanning around nude. <laughs> she's invite. She invites him into the shower. Uh, and Adam Sandler seems like he's totally into going in there and boning her until he realizes mm-hmm. that he has to take his shoes off to go into the shower. And the movie does not <laughs> treat this as if it was like a potential rape scene. It treats it as if like. Oh, this would have been okay, except for he's, he can't remove his shoes. Yeah, it, it it treats it like you're like, oh yeah, he's finally gonna get some. Mm-hmm. Oh wait a minute, Uh-oh, oh the shoes. Even though stupid shoe rules. I mean, the joke on on him really is that she's totally turned on by shoes in the shower. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. Re- what he doesn't know is that her boyfriend always keeps his shoes on when they have sex in the shower. Yeah, that's why I had to get him resole. <laughs> yeah, because they're constantly getting wet and like all gross yeah. from the shower. Mm-hmm. The, fe- like, the fetish is that she's ruining these really nice shoes. Yeah, because well, what's more, what's sexier than being able to just cast off luxury as mm-hmm. if it didn't matter to you? That's right. Uh, it reminds me of the story in uh, what I was reading in when Nathan Rabin wrote about that book, uh, what like Confessions of a Video Vixen or something like that. It was one of those books. It was the book that uh, that that the super groupie superhead. Uh, wrote, where you're saying gibberish? Yeah. She, she talks about going on a date with Fred Durst, where Fred Durst ordered five meals, five dishes at a <laughs> restaurant. Like, ate burp, a little burp. I killed them all. Burp. <laughs> no, ate a, li- ate a little bit of some of them and then left. And that she had like she was so turned on by his wasting of food because it showed how rich he oh, was. Fred Durst. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not 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 uh, Robert not Robert Durst. Durst, the wealthy murderer. <laughs> Although he probably does order food and not finish it, he's very skinny. I like that very uh, succinct description. Of it. Like I like to think that he introduces himself that way. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Durst, the wealthy murderer. Perhaps you've seen me in the Jinx, starring Robert Durst. <laughs> I am very wealthy, and I'm a murderer. <laughs> I am a fan of Limp Biscuit, not a member. <laughs> <laughs> Many have made that mistake, but I am the wealthy murderer. <laughs> I only kill people as opposed to the eardrums of millions, as my half-brother Fred does. <laughs> That's <laughs> now, as, as to the, the humorist, as to the humorist Will Durst, yes, he is a cousin of mine. As far as I know, he has murdered nothing. <laughs> the, as for dust, that is a thing that gets on <laughs> items. Uh, it is small particles. It has nothing to do with us. It's what we'll return to someday. <laughs> you may be sooner because I'm about to murder you. Here's my card, and it says Robert Durst murderer. Comma wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> wealthy. Yeah, that's how you file it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so he wears those shoes in the shower, I'm assuming, because he has some kind of horrible foot fungus. Yeah, and now Adam Sandler has it because he wore the shoes. Yeah, but, now, you know, that's the rules of the game. Uh, thanks for translating that. Now, does his mother die before? Well, he also, he uses the shoes to impersonate his long-lost dad, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. and give his mother a night of romance that I hope yeah, stops at a reasonable like place. right after he almost rapes that woman. Okay, yeah. but he hasn't yet gotten into Method Man's apartment, right? Yeah. Okay. But that does cut away, so we don't know. I mean, Adam he, Sandler he, could have had sex with his mom. So it it's shows really weird. Know. His mom is clearly, like, has dementia. Yeah, there's a moment earlier on when uh, Adam Sandler pulls a purse out of the microwave and it's played for laughs as if we're supposed to He's be like, like, she didn't <laughs> even start the microwave. It's going to take forever to cook. Oh, if she's... this is here, then where's the baby? <laughs> Wait, well, uh, the baby's like in the closet with the coats, I guess? Yeah. And, then, and there's and a there's and there's some unpopped popcorn in the crib. The <laughs> there's a what? They were supposed to cook the baby. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're cannibals. Did we not mention that? Originally it was called the cannibler. <laughs> so uh, he give, he shows up as his dad. So yeah, he gives shows his mom up, a night of romance which that is crazy. involves them laughing, was, joking. We ha- can only assume having sex because the like next reading morning. reading fucking select passages of Oedipus or something. <laughs> yeah, although it's, it's an old Jewish couple, so they're probably reading like Neil Simon plays to each other. Then uh, the next morning, he wake he wakes up to find that his mother is passed in her sleep, probably because her body couldn't handle the Ooh, loving that yeah. he gave her the night before. <laughs> sweet boning, <laughs> uh, sweet boning ham. <laughs> it's got right. a maple glaze they, on it. They ate in bed after boning. <laughs> yeah, you have to make the cho- you have to make the choice at the deli counter whether you want the sweet bone in or the hot bone. <laughs> Sweet bone-in's better for old people. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's easier on their gums. Yeah. Hot, they can't quite handle the spice. No. With their, you know, <laughs> Yeah, because it turns their fucking eyes blue. <laughs> <laughs> An old person, you give them spice, they're not going to be able to bend the universe to navigate. Yeah, exactly. They're just going to get blue eyes and fall asleep. What, are they going to have to be fitted for a new still suit? <laughs> Come on. They've already outgrown the last one. Cause exactly. <laughs> Uh, Dan, these are Dune jokes. Oh, okay. Dune. And that- I just spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> just like in Dune, which is set in outer space. Uh, on the planet Arrakis. So, Dunesbury is an adaptation of Dune, right? That's right. Is Zonker the one <laughs> who's high on spice? That's why everyone has all those crazy noses in it. Because they're aliens. <laughs> it's just weird, because they never mention, like, Arrakis or the House of Atreides or anything else. And they talk a lot about modern-day politics. So, is it a prequel to Dune? Mm-hmm. Uh, this bit would I, I would be able to say a lot more about this bit. If Make I up some about stuff Dune. about sandworms. San, yep. San, Maybe Uncle Duke is riding a uh, sandworm. Yeah. yeah. He, he manages uh, a tame B- shy halloo. He is floating around like that guy does. What, Baron Harkonnen. There you go. Wow. I don't damn. like his politics. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's no. my ex- that's my attempt at a Dunesbury joke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I want to see, okay, Flophouse fans, do it. A Dune-Dunesbury <laughs> mashup where it's Baron Harkonnen is giving a press conference, but there's like a symbol to represent him. Mm-hmm. Like when... Uh, like the floating feather was... Uh, was what, Dan Quayle? Yeah. And, what, and just like what panels was, of text. It's all... Oh, tons of, Or like, it's a... It's four panels of just the outside of the of Duke of the, of Duke Leo's... Uh, or Leto? What was the Duke's name? Duke Leto Atreides? Yeah, Duke Leto. Just the f- four panels of the outside of Duke Leto's compound with word balloons coming out of it about current, you know, they were having trouble with the free men and then a joke at the end. 
All right. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> so back to <laughs> So Cobbler. Cobbler. So uh, his mother dies and he sits Shiva and is very upset. He goes back to work after seven days of sitting Shiva. That's mm-hmm. what you do. And uh, probably because he's hankering for a bite of pickles. Yeah, because yeah. there's because there's pickles he's all over the place. Always walking around with pickles. And well, you, Jimmy the barber w- keeps giving him pickles. No, I know, but like as you were saying, you're wondering whether these are just loose pickles that he has in his pocket. <laughs> there are scenes where he's walking. He's in the middle of a mission. He's given himself, and he's walking down the street just chomping on a pickle. It's like yeah. does he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have pickle pocket of pickles. Yeah, because because. A pickle pocket is something I wouldn't mind having. You line the inside of your pocket with like some kind of waterproof material. Uh-huh. You can put wet pickles it in there. Makes perfect sense. Keeps so them like a little a pocket briny. protector, but a pickle protector. Now you're on the trolley, <laughs> the pickle trolley. <laughs> it's the best trolley because it smells like pickles. So Unfortunately, you're gonna smell Elliot, like pickles. Me and my buddy Mark Cuban have a TV show called Shark Tank. <laughs> it's called Pickle Tank. <laughs> we put you in a tank full of pickles, <laughs> and you've got to not drown while eating as many pickles I don't as know if you can. You know this about Mark Cuban? He owns a basketball team. Most people just get desiccated from the salt, throwing the moisture from their body. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross. But every now and then, though. But don't worry, drinking all that pickle juice will give them uncontrolled. <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> it's why you know, there's it's a reason why critics call it the worst show on television <laughs> this is literally torture says the justice department uh so he's upset and method man comes in and this is where the movie takes an abrupt turn from being about a sad loner who is a plotless tale of, a plotless tale about a sad loner like in theory doing funny things with creep. shoes Turning it takes a turn into becoming a crime comedy thriller drama. Like they were like, mm, let's try Such to as. let's try to make this more of a get shorty type film. Oh, okay, or let's make this more of a like uh, small time crooks, which is a bad example because it's not very good. But like, what's a you know like a crime comedy? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. A comedy. A crime. <laughs> They're known as Cromedies <laughs> because Crom is in them. The god, the god of the Sumerians. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I want to see a Conan the Barbarian comedy. <laughs> they call it comedy. It's just basically an adaptation of Gru. <laughs> I guess yeah. you're right. Yeah. That is just Gru. Okay. I mean, I'm, Cerebus started as that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good point. So and then became a weird anti-woman screech. You got to understand women are terrible. <laughs> According <laughs> to Quote Dave Sib. <laughs> my, my favorite thing about him is when he would write essays about how women are evil, and he would quote the female characters from his stories to, as examples of why women are bad. And do it's you, like, you can't do that. You invented that you, woman. You, by the end of it, like, you know, his assistant was drawing so much of it. And I wonder if, like, it was Gerhardt? Like, well, wonder, he did the backgrounds for sure, okay. yeah. I wonder if there was a point at which where it was just like, uh, Dave... We talk about this. <laughs> I don't, I, this is I'm through talking. I'm gonna get in a boxing match with Jeff Smith, who made Bone. Did you? Did you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. they never did it. Right? No, he challenged him to it's it. Super weird. And they he, both thought you Uva Bull. <laughs> and yet, right? Todd McFarlane and Peter David had their debate at the com- at a Comic Con years ago. What was their debate about? Uh, they just disagreed on a lot of stuff. I think Todd McFarlane showed up in a chicken costume. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. weird. And what's strange is they had worked together years earlier, you know? They should be friends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you reach a certain level of talent, you just can't get along with other people on that same uh, that same high peak. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to start a toy company mm-hmm. and buy Mark McGuire's home run ball. Or did you mean Peter David? I was talking about Peter David. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, so anyway, this is when it takes an abrupt turn into crime territory. Method Man comes in, and he's very rude to Adam Sandler mm-hmm. and demands his shoes. Now, really... 
all that he does at this point to make us not like him is be insensitive about Adam Sandler's recent death in the family. But it's a pretty. I don't know. He's such an asshole about Adam Sandler's mom dying. But does that does that deserve Adam Sandler then impersonating him and stealing from him and beating him up? Uh, we learn he's a bad I mean, he's guy. A he's, a, man. he's a criminal. He's yeah. a bad person and like a domestic abuser and stuff. But we don't know well, that. That's the thing. That when, well, when, I mean, when he starts kicking over rocks, we find a bunch of worms. <laughs> <laughs> he's a real muckraker. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful about what you when you put those shoes on. You may not like what you find out. I mean, it all depends on whether you think that the cobbler should be a source of vigilante justice. I don't. <laughs> and, and that I don't think It doesn't think matter what you like, because that's what you get, because he walks around with his bag of shoes that he changes repeatedly. <laughs> to become new people. It's Real like shapeshifter. It is the worst superhero power you could imagine, that he has a bag of shoes that allow him to become different people. <laughs> Including one guy who has, is clearly already dead, because when he puts on his shoes, he looks like a zombie man. Mm-hmm. And smells like one. Uh, yeah, that's what they. As, which as which makes out. us understand that at this point, if he puts on a dead person's shoes, he appears dead. Yes. He Although he can move around and moan like a zombie. It's kind of crazy. Rigor mortis has not set in. <laughs> that's the one flaw in the logic. <laughs> <Yeah. of this laughs> he should be a dead guy. Uh, so he follow. He decides to spy on Method Man for a while, and he finds out that he has got a lot of money and fancy watches in his apartment, and. He goes to, I think he just wants to like teach him a lesson and steal his watches. Yeah, but he, he's like, you'll never be able to tell time to make your appointments. <laughs> you'll never know when the shoe when the shoe repair shop is closing. Uh, yeah, he's trying to steal the watches so he can't come back the next day to beat him up because he won't wake up in time or something. Yeah, his, yeah he, his alarm on his fancy watch won't go off, and he'll sleep forever. And then cut to it's five thousand years in the future, and he wakes up and he's got giant, a giant long beard, giant. <laughs> and giant He's like, I don't deserve the name over. Method Man anymore because I have no routines. <laughs> and I, I'm just man now, the final man. <laughs> There's a method to my manness. Uh, I don't so, think that we need to get into like all the ins and outs. Well, no, of- he he decide, he finds out that Method Man is a criminal who works for the the real estate person played, played by, by Ellen Barkin, Barkin. Ellen Barkin, who is trying to kick out Mister Solomon, Sol- the, the old James. man. Oh, and we forgot to mention that there's this woman uh, that wants to keep the Lower East Side, you know, in the hands of small business owners. Keep it weird. Yeah. And And, she's uh, kind of attainable. Yeah, she is the love interest, (laughs) such as there is in the movie, in that she's In a movie that postulates that there is no possibility of love, because the the person you think is your lover could just be a stranger wearing their shoes. That's right. Mm -hmm. We all wear our shoes. Some are leather and some are canvas. Did you ever see the lover that wears shoes in your house? (laughs) Thanks. We wear shoes sometimes outside, usually not indoors. If we're in our own house. Shuley Joel. (laughs) Shuley Joel. Billy Shul. (laughs) Actually, Shuley Joel sounds better. School? Billy Shul is a, is an Orthodox Jewish uh, education. Yeah, place. but this woman is like, uh, you know that she's like the romantic. I'm lacing up. <laughs> Potential romantic lead because she's the only one who treats Adam Sandler with any sort of interest, even though he seems like a real dumb bulb. Yeah, she she is capable of connecting to him on a human level, no matter how hard he tries not to. So, well, she has just like this go 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 lifestyle. Needs somebody like him to. Keep her grounded. Yeah, this go, 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 uh, <laughs> charitable, uh, small-time 
yeah. activist lifestyle. Now, here's yeah. a question I have for you guys. Setting aside the plot, if you had magic shoes that let you be other people, what would <laughs> okay. you do with them? What Finally. would you do? Let me be Mark Summers for a moment and ask you, what 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 would you do? <laughs> I double dare you to answer this question. Well, first off, you started you answered Unwrapped. your own question. I'm going to, yeah. Uh, I would ask Mark Summers to borrow his shoes so I could uh, cobble them and then be Mark Summers for a day. Okay, so you'd be like, what, going to Double Dare fan conventions? <laughs> of course I would, yeah. Uh, I would climb through that giant set of teeth and find uh, the flag. Mm-hmm. He, he's allowed to do that, right? Uh, yeah, I of mean, course. if you work there, you can go on all the on all the physical challenges. It's the same way how if you are you were an ex-senator, you still have permission to go on the floor of the Senate whenever okay. you want. Yeah. By go, I mean go to the bathroom. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> While you're a senator, you can't do it. Once you've left the Senate, you can come back and use the Senate floor as your toilet. Yeah. Dan, what would you do? Wouldn't you want to be a lady? <laughs> you sounded like Andy Rooney for a moment. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Well, okay, explain. Wouldn't you want to see, like, I just to see what that's like. I mean, like, the, the one time that it comes close to that is the aforementioned uh, offensive uh, trans humor because he puts on shoes that turn out to be not lady shoes, but of uh, this... Uh, but either some either transgender or cross-dressing okay. individual, yeah. and well, he he seemed to have he seemed to have breasts, so it seemed like he was. I don't know. Let's who knows can't. who knows. Look, there's no figuring out the puzzles and enigmas <laughs> of the cobbler. Yeah, but so you would put on a lady's shoes, and then what would you do? I don't know. Just see what that was like, man. Haven't you ever wondered? I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean that makes you sense, know. Dan. That's not weird. That's a real walk a mile in their shoes. Sort I kind of get a feeling you're not leaving the house after you put those ladies' shoes on. Look, uh, I'm not saying that that I might not take a peek. <laughs> take a peek. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you, it's a rare, rare opportunity. You know, that's true. That's the true. sad thing, though, is that because your feet would be in the shoes, and if you took the shoes off, you would revert back to normal, Dan. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't in- entertain that couldn't foot fetish dancing. that you have, that Dan has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not with his own feet, anyway. No, of course not. No, just the feats of his victims. <laughs> and yes, I said feats, <laughs> and I didn't mean achievements. So okay, uh, so this got pretty weird. We got Mark Summers, we got a lady, and then what would uh, Elliot be? Uh, I actually had no answer for that. I kind of, I think, hmm. I don't know. Just somebody. Somebody else. Yeah, I guess lady makes sense. You get a a different perspective for the day. The problem Mm. is you'd have to find somebody whose shoes are the same size as yours. I wear the same size as my wife. Problem solved. Okay. So, you. I mean. I mean, the thing is, I put on my wife's shoes all the time when I'm too lazy to put on my shoes to go take the garbage out. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) I would constantly. call her shoes garbage shoes. (laughs) Well, no. It's because she has a pair of boots I can slip on that are next to the door because they're rain boots. And I don't have to lace up my shoes. So this is I would the most be con- adorable story. I would be constantly turning into my wife just to take the garbage out. <laughs> and my neighbors would be like, oh, Danielle, we saw you taking the garbage out yesterday. And she'd be like, I didn't do that. Elliot no, took the garbage out. Like, How dare you? <laughs> your husband is so lazy. He makes you take your garbage out all the time. And she'd say, I know, I know. Mm-hmm. So do you do you guys go on Zappos and pick out shoes together? And no, like, we don't. I think I'm going to get these shoes. And you're like, I don't think they look that good on me. No, we don't share shoes that way. We should, though. You, Save you us money. You certainly could, yeah. I mean, if only one of us left the house at a time, we'd only need one pair of shoes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Think of all the money. All the <laughs> all the tens of hundreds of Well, that's the thing. That's like... <laughs> You're you're basically throwing money away. <laughs> it's like we're throwing money in the trash that I'm taking out when I put my wife's rain boots on. <laughs> um, so anyway. If I could put on my... If I could put on my son's shoes and see what life is like as a toddler... 
I would do that because I'm curious about – I can't because he doesn't wear size men's eight-and-a-half shoes. But, <laughs> you wear eight-and-a-half uh, And he puts on my shoes all the time and does not turn into me. I, but they, like yeah, – Because you don't have a magic cobbling machine. No, but it would be curious to see like what how, how your mind works at that age, which is something I've forgotten. But know? that's not what happens when you put on the shoes. No, that's it's not true. like his you brain – You have your same brain. It's like just, brain chemistry alters. <laughs> <laughs> it's he's not limitlessing. Yeah. So anyway – I kind of want to zoom through the plot mechanics of the crime story to get to the really goofy stuff at the end. Okay, so he finds out that the that uh, this guy is a crime boss for or is a, is a thug for this crime boss played by Ellen Barkin who uh, is trying to get Mr. Solomon, the old man, out of his building. Mm-hmm. He comes back and accidentally gets into a fight with Method Man. Accidentally kills him by stabbing him in the throat with those stiletto shoes. Try, tells the cops accidentally. That, te- yeah, accidentally defending totally himself. Totally accidentally. Tells the cops that he did it. And the cops don't believe him. They think he's crazy. They're like, he, oh, yeah, magic shoes. Uh, one more thing. One uh, more thing. One more thing. Uh, magic shoes don't exist. Can you explain that? <laughs> uh, no, I can't. Okay, I, that's right. That uh, makes what? sense. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, we are magic shoes. That's right. That's right. That makes sense. Uh, just one more question. Why are you wasting my time? Uh, and he finds that uh, he has an elaborate plan that he puts together yeah. with the shoes to get – to get he the suddenly up. becomes like a fucking super genius on this shoe. Who can figure out a whole power. con to use the shoes to ha- get have a New York One reporter catch Ellen Barkin on tape threatening the old man. Uh, and then do we just skip ahead to the, yeah, to the reveal? To the real and reveal. then it reveals at the end that someone's been helping him out and he doesn't know how. The reveal mm-hmm. at the end, like uh, Method yeah, Man's you, you body was cleaned fucking up. Michael Landon showing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it turns out it was Jimmy, the barber next door, who it turns out wasn't Jimmy at all, but his long-lost father, Dustin Hoffman, wearing mm. Jimmy's shoes. Who's been supplying him with pickles because pickles apparently help you when you transition from person to person. Like you lose salt you when you transition in the otherwise shoes. Otherwise, you apparently lose yourself in the... In, in the, the moment. You own it. You never let it go. That's right. This is your one shot. Your you don't spaghetti. gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, otherwise you strike a nona it, and then that's it's done. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out... So the last... Five minutes to seven minutes of this movie are crazy. Yeah. Where it turns out he You need to eat pickles so you don't lose your DVD copy of Salt when you change bodies. Because <laughs> you're going to want to watch that again. Yeah, you're like, leave Schreiber a bad guy. I'll watch it. <laughs> That's never happened before except in half the movies he's made. <laughs> yep. <laughs> leave Schreiber plays uh, Sabretooth. That's a Taylor Main role. <laughs> <laughs> a Cobbler Main role. I think it's Tyler Main. It doesn't matter. He's a wrestler. <laughs> That's, well, it's Tyler Maine in X-Men, but doesn't it's Lee in he X-Men Orange's respect. <laughs> he gets his living by hurling other men around like a common hurler. I'll call him whatever. Dave. That's his name now. Starring Kevin Klein <laughs> as the titular Dave. Anyway, Terrible so we're about to do the crazy part where uh, Dustin Hoffman reveals, all this time I've been your dad. It was never the right time to tell you. He reveals that... Because I've been in danger from something? From something. He's he Somehow really got in specify. too deep with danger with his shoe powers, and so he had to hide and go on the lamb as Jimmy the barber. And he, yeah, I think he he was in danger of having to deal with a wife with dementia. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. So he's a real heel, is what it comes it's down to. Horrible. Pun intended. Oh, right. So yeah. Dustin Hoffman reveals that he has a huge hidden layer of famous people's shoes <laughs> that he uses, I guess, to right wrongs yeah, in the world. It's like a weird, like the Kingsman, the Secret Service room. Yeah, of, like. Here's my secret. But without the weird anal sex joke at the end. Then it opens on to a secret garage where he has a luxury car and a driver, and the car has the license plate to Cobble, which – and they get in, and he reveals that, oh, yeah, all trade trade, uh, craft tradesmen, uh, you know – 
dry cleaners and things like that. They all have these secret societies. Anyway, there's a lot of danger and a lot of excitement. Let's go, son. And they drive off into the distance, and that's the <laughs> yeah, end yeah. of the movie. They're like, driver, take us to fucking Hogwarts so we can begin his training. <laughs> so it's like, wait, was the cobbler just chapter one of a of a trilogy yeah. of movies about mm-hmm. the war between the cobblers and the dry cleaners like but, why did this not happen at, at minute 30 of the movie well that's like this movie starts off as like this low key magical it's called building re- a trilogy i mean loki is not in it low key magical realism movie then uh although he is kind of like a loki figure constantly changing his face a, and a trickster yeah it takes a brief turn Eating pickles. like rabbit or coyote <laughs> Takes a brief turn into this crime story, as you say, and then at the end, it seems like there's seven minutes of this superhero movie that we didn't get to see, <laughs> yes. where the cobbler's society is protecting the world against I don't know bad what, shoes, I guess against dry cleaners. It's gonna like it's gonna turn. I bet uh, I just don't. It like there's feels like there's a better movie where they're using the shoes to, or at least a goofier movie where they're using like a goofy movie, uh, like exactly a goofy that, movie that about goofy, goofy and his movie. son connecting. Uh, it's about a dad and his son What's using Goofy's magic. Son's shoes. name? Uh, goofy Pluto? Jr. Probably. Okay. Pluto is not his. Well, Pluto <laughs> is his son, not acknowledged. <laughs> goofy got drunk one night and had sex with his regular dog, and Pluto was born. <laughs> So wait, Goofy's not a regular dog? No, he can talk and he wears clothes. Have you ever seen Stand By Me? This is all covered in the campfire scene in Stand By Me. So, uh, Give me a required reading of the movie of Stand the By movie. Me. I don't know if the body, the Stephen King story, includes that sequence. So don't read that. Watch the movie. Uh, so... There's a goofier, fun movie where they're like using the shoes to like in, in, impersonate world leaders, I guess. Sure. Or, but instead, that movie is just left to our imagination, and the film is like, mm, yeah, he, he used he really learned a lesson about himself from those magic shoes. Uh, secret society conspiracy. We're out. Gotta go. Well, he says this big thing about how like this is like the shoes that I've made, and my father and my grandfather like all these shoes, but like. Most of those shoes are dead people. He'll put them on and just be a, like a zombie. Like, Great, he's like I'm impersonate- King Tut, the zombie. <laughs> I'm John F. Kennedy. No, you're not. You're a horrible dead corpse. Ah, <laughs> Just burn those shoes. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's uh, move into Final Judgments because we're, Let's move into always. an apartment together. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean. Just three guys hanging out? I mean, huh, my, my, a my pizza son. Place. I got a <laughs> sofa here. Uh, so that's Sofa's choice, covered. Mm-hmm. and the other one, I guess, gets the tub. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll take the tub. I'll take. Uh, can I just snooze in that rocking chair like an old man? I mean, we can all yeah. curl up in my bed like three little mice. Mm-hmm, yep, and we use a, a sardine can key to pull up the covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, let's do our final judgments. Uh, whether this was a good bad movie, a bad bad movie. Or a movie. And there's like a single feather that floats above us as we uh, snore. <laughs> <laughs> a movie we kind of like. Uh, it's a bad, bad movie. I say it's totally. <laughs> I hear here by decree. <laughs> it's totally bonkers. Don't get me wrong. Like it is one of the weirdest movies we've watched. But it's, it's like it's rare that I've, we've watched a movie other than like Fateful Findings, where while watching it, I'm like. What am I supposed to get from yeah. this? Who is this for? Who is the audience? The, thing that, the thing that I would love to see but are it is the like not energetic enough to be fun. The, like yeah. the like the acting training where they're like, okay, Adam Sandler's got this great character. All you are going to be char- people that he plays when he puts on the shoes. So you're going to have to act like he acts now. Except, and they're like, he's just like schlubbing around. Do we? 
do, do that? Do yeah. This? I mean, every time it's uh, someone in the shoes playing him, and I was actually, I was a little impressed by the fact that they captured, if not him, then they noticed those actors noticeably shifted their like Method Man did a good job of being two different people in this, but it's like the director went, okay. Once you put the sh- you're playing Adam Sandler's character, act like a moron who doesn't know what's going on <laughs> and is not smart enough to pretend he knows. Got it. Done. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. But like the real star, the real shining star in this movie, as far as I'm concerned, was Method Man. Yeah. And maybe even Dustin Hoffman, but he's barely in the movie. And Steve Buscemi's okay too. You know what? Good, good movie. No, I would call this a bad, bad movie, but like, it's I w- like I just wonder what that last like scene of the movie could have been if that had been the movie. It would have been so stupid, but it could have been fun stupid. Yeah. Uh. What? Do you, yeah. Whatever you guys said. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the most agreeable man in the biz. Hello, Brent. Travis. Welcome to Trends Like These. What's Trends Like These, you ask? Well, it's a podcast where we take the, the news trending on the internet and we cover it in podcast form. We go beyond the headlines, beyond the memes to bring you the real story so that when your friends bring it up, you can look real smart. We take things that need to be debunked and we debunk them. And then we take things that need to be rebunked and we rebunk them. We bring you all the details and we give you a spin on it. Our opinions, our thoughts, and we also try to dig up some positive things to talk about. So it's not all bummers. Just a couple of real life friends talking internet trends. So join us every Thursday on MaximumFun.org and wherever podcasts are found. So uh, we have a sponsor this week. Woo! Yeah. The Flophouse is supported in part by Squarespace. The simplest way to create a compelling website, from the strange to the downright bizarre, great stories define us. Now, can I give you an example of a strange or downright bizarre website? You yeah, can. why not? I'll allow it. It's an idea that I've been working on, and it's called, okay, this is good. it's called WernerHerzogsUrethra.com. Now, <laughs> okay. a lot of people are familiar with the work of Werner Herzog, but are we familiar with how well he pees? I'm not, and I want to investigate it, and that's what Werner Herzog's urethra.com will be all about. Now, maybe it's a nonprofit, urethra.org, but until I figure out, maybe it's an educational site.edu. Uh, I'm worried that it's I'm going to. probably gonna, not a government site. Yeah, unless I can get the funding. Yeah, urethra.org.gov would be fantastic. Uh, but I'm just worried that I'm not going to be able to get .com and I'm going to be stuck with urethra.net. Now, would Squarespace help Lame. me to put this site together fast? I don't know how to code. Yes. That's what Squarespace is, Squarespace is about. Okay, tell Square, me more. Squarespace is a fe- feature, uh, a service that helps <laughs> you build delightful websites without having coding information and uh, or information coding ability. And will I be able to? Does it have uh, some ability for me to look at it on my cell phone as opposed to just my desktop? Yeah, that's a good question. I want people to be able to see WernerHertzogsUrethra dot com on both their iPad, iPhone, on the uh, go, on the go, and on the stay. Squarespace uh, scales beautifully across all platforms, guys. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds yeah. amazing. It almost sounds like it has responsive design. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, is there some kind of help desk or something that I could talk to for extra help? Uh, probably. You're going way <laughs> off the copy, which is why you're asking me questions that are not actually in here. Okay, well, tell me what you do know about Squarespace. Well, I should, uh, I, I can they keep do talking. Have, and they do have help, but continue. They do have help. 
But uh, I can just read what was provided too, which says that. I mean, the, that's that, that's what a professional a, would do. I guess. Spin me a tale. <laughs> spin, me, spin me a tale of Squarespace, Dan. Uh, Sing me a song of Squarespace. Squarespace, the place for websites, because we've all got to do things on the internet, and some of us aren't doing it right. Square, square space. Great square stories space. define us. You should square, square space. You should tell yours. Square space with simple tools and templates. Bum, Squarespace bum. helps you capture your story with a captivating website, and you can start your free trial today by visiting squarespace.com/flop. Squarespace.com/flop, as in flop house. Yeah, you should Squarespace. Um. So that's uh, thank you to Squarespace for their continued support of the Flophouse. Thank you very much. Without Squarespace, apologies for me getting flustered in the middle of that uh, commercial. (laughs) We're all very passionate about Squarespace. It's hard. Clearly, I know that I was poking fun a little bit at websites, and I know you took that very seriously because Squarespace, you believe, and I believe too, and I'm sure Stuart believes, is a valuable service provided at a very good price especially when you go through the flop address, squarespace.com slash flop. Mm-hmm. And so I apologize. I shouldn't have been so flippant with it. That being said. I also in- love websites. <laughs> if you're interested in. Mm-hmm. I new- love the internet. <laughs> that being said, if you're interested. <laughs> it's one in of my interests. News, reviews, fan fiction, or how-to tips about Werner Herzog's urethra, stay tuned. Because <laughs> I got something I think you're going to like. Uh, I just want to mention that uh, the flop house is now up on the Max Fun Jumbotron, where you can. Um, have us do a personal or a commercial message for you. Uh, personal messages we offer for $100 and commercial messages for $200. And you just uh, go competitively to competitively priced. Very much so. You go to uh, these are these are one off uh, messages um, on the Jumbotron. On the Jumbotron. Max Fun Jumbotron. <laughs> and you can go to Kiss Cam. Kiss guys are on the Kiss Cam. I hope nobody was eating while <laughs> listening to this episode. Uh, but if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, you can go to MaximumFun.org forward slash Jumbotron and submit a message through the online form there. And uh, we can uh, get you on the podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of, in the past, um, you know, promotions for other podcasts or people who want to do a shout out for birthdays. And for the most part, we've... We've, you know, we've had, uh, we've been delighted to do those things, but we get so many of them uh, that it seems like the, the the best thing to do is to uh, sort of <laughs> monetize that. Honestly, sure, yeah, yeah, be uh, a serious businessman. Root that through the jumbotron. So if you have a personal or a commercial message, uh, you can go to maximumfun.org forward slash jumbotron. It could be as simple as "Hey Sherry, happy birthday," mm-hmm. or as complicated as hey barry happy death day <laughs> in which case people can be like what's that all about <laughs> it could be as innocent and personal as i love you i'm pregnant i don't this is a weird way to send that message but you mm-hmm. could do that or as mercenary as buy this and it'll make your penis grow four to five inches and I know and that's right, 45 inches of growth. 45 inches of growth. Yeah, all and it's all through natural herbs and fibers. Just write me and I'll tell you about it. Uh, I know we're getting long here, but... Uh, Just like your penis will be with my method. <laughs> One serious thing to uh, note before we get into uh, letters. Is this a letter about... Uh, oh, never mind. Archie dropped some stuff. 
no, this is about our uh, charity uh, drive. Oh, yes, please do. So um, a while back, around the holidays, I mentioned my admiration for the McElroys and their charitable uh, efforts. And um, I said that we should do something along those lines. <laughs> I remember. I think you're exactly yeah, right. We that. should do something charitable. Go do something charitable, fans. <laughs> uh, no, but we, but, but we had been thinking behind the scenes, like, how can we codify that into something a little more? Uh, if I can, let me just, I can tell people what it was like. <laughs> I believe you said, oh, those McElroy boys are getting all the credit. Dan wants some of the Samaritan bucks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, it was dead on. Was that? It sounds like you just you just pasted a clip from that show. <laughs> but we were thinking about how we could best uh, do this, and and Stuart had talked about maybe we could do a contest where people who donate um, could uh, get to choose what movie we watch, which would be a good contest for people. Uh, in the past, we've had a lot of contests that involved yeah that came up drawing or. Or making a song, and for people whose uh, talents don't lie there, this would be a good way of giving them a chance to maybe choose a movie. Finally, the non-creative can choose. Uh, and then after yeah, people who are just good at math or writing, yeah, sure. And after last week, breakdancing, uh, guys. <laughs> after last week, where we got uh, the very sad news uh, that someone, uh, a listener to the show, had killed themselves, um, there was sort of an organic movement that sprung up on the Flophouse Facebook group to do a charitable drive for suicide prevention. And so, um, and that was totally separate from what we had already been thinking about, but that was great. Um, and we thought, why not go on with that? Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Use that for the contest. Uh, so there's now uh, the Rocket Crocodile Action Squad raising money for suicide prevention, and I will... Put up the link to that on the website for this uh, episode, and uh, you can go there and donate if you see fit. And if you don't want to donate anonymously, if you want to put your name in, you will be entered into uh, the contest to pick a movie for us. Mm-hmm. And so, forces uh, to watch any movie that isn't uh, nothing but trouble. If it's because if it's nothing but trouble, then this will become a. Double murder and suicide by <laughs> yeah. me killing you guys. Yeah. I want to, uh, I should send a special shout out. Thanks to Shannon camp who, uh, really set up the, uh, the, the, the details of yeah. the, I mean, she was really the driving force behind it. And we, mm-hmm. cause we were dragging our feet on our side of things. Well, it was, it was difficult for us to find a cause that felt like something that we, that was organic. Like you're saying like that, something that was, we that made sense with what we do, and I, I'm so it's. I know, like I had a suggestion that we start a charity to hire people to go buy DVD copies of Forty Days and Forty Nights and throw them all away. <laughs> <laughs> and we gave that some strong consideration. Yeah. There was also that Ding yeah. Dong ripping off charity that you wanted to found, which I think I think you, you have to rip off more of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's something that I'm <clears throat> surprised we didn't think of, if only because. Each of us has had problems with depression at some point or another. A lot of our fans have talked to us about their, you know, uh, this show getting them through tough times. Similarly, it's a it's a thing. It's a thread line that runs through many communities, but very much through the nerdy geek community mm-hmm. and the creative community. And I feel like that's where our Venn diagram meets, and so it makes sense. Yeah. So um, anyway, the 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 link will be up on the website for Rocket Crocodiles Action Squad. Please. 
if you feel uh, so moved, donate a little to suicide prevention. But now, Stuart, stop playing with the bottle caps while Dan talks about the suicide prevention charity thing. I was something about charity that brings out the worst in us. <laughs> Only in Stuart and me. Dan, you, Dan, you've been you've been doing real good, real good. Thanks, buddy. You've been doing real good. <laughs> All right. Dan knows that we're getting rid of him after this episode, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. This is the last one. Um, but now that real good. <laughs> hope that sweatshirt feels nice. You're gonna need it when you're out on your ass. <laughs> why, why would the sweatshirt mean such? To be so helpful. Because it's cold out there. Do you want to wear a sweatshirt when you're out out in the cold? <laughs> Dan's wearing a sweatshirt is the backstory to that. <laughs> yeah. another, um, another classic podcast visual <laughs> gag. So now we uh, can move on to letters from listeners. Listeners write letters and we read them. Ring a 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 ring. What's that sound? What's that sound? What's that sound? It's the letters alarm bell. The letters alarm bell telling us that letters have come through the slot in the door. What are those letters for? Reading to you, from us, to you, from you, to us. Ding a ling 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 a ling. It's that letter alarm bell. Time for everyone to run to the door and pick us some letters. Open them up. Read them. Get better. You're sick. I'm sorry that I had to tell you this way. In the form of a letter song, this is the hardest part of my job. Ring, 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 ring. It's the letters alarm. Letters time. Thank you, Elliot. Letters are brought to you by mailmen. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) Factually accurate. Um, So this first letter is from Bryn, last name withheld. David Bryn. Dear floppies, <laughs> floppy bunnies, sometimes I think of you as anthropomorphic bunnies. That's Elliot, cute. Elliot is especially cute in my head. Mm-hmm. Anyway. He's nibbling on clover. I have kind of a serious question. I have a music review comedy YouTube show. It's something we do for fun. We both have real jobs and passions. But sometimes I find that finding time, figuring out which record we want to review, what the sketches are going to be, etc., can be kind of stressful. And there have been times when me and my co-host get in real tiffs over this silly thing we do for fun. So I'm wondering... Do you guys ever get annoyed or frustrated in your real lives about things related to putting the show together? Are we ever not annoyed? Does Dan actually get hurt by Elliot's incessant mocking of Dan's reading skills? Does Elliot actually get frustrated by Stuart's constant ding-dong references? Does Stuart truly get creeped out by Dan being a huge pervasoid? I'm spitballing here. Have you had serious conversations about emotions that come up in and around the show? Are any you're willing to talk about? That's from Aren't Grand Last Name Withheld. Yeah. Uh... We get irritated with each other all the time about stuff. <laughs> we actually haven't had uh, too big an emotional conversation. I since. think it helps that you guys don't work together anymore. I think it definitely helps. I think <laughs> the fact that Dan and I are no longer in a boss and or a manager staff I member mean, situation certainly helps. And I think the who's, fact who's that the we, boss, <laughs> uh, Mona, Angela, or or Tony, uh, not I think, Jonathan though. Things weren't really helped out that much when we hired the therapist from some kind of monster that Metallica went to. <laughs> that really didn't help. But I think uh, in in some ways, our lives getting more complicated and uh, and difficult has made the problems with the podcast that we might have between each other minimize. Yeah, yeah. They get put in perspective at least that it's this like is the only time I feel alive, guys. Was I frustrated that uh, for a long time Dan wouldn't move the recordings from Wednesday to Thursday, even though I was? It would have meant I had more sleep and more time with my family. Yes, 
And that he then decided <laughs> after I left that job that, you know what, Thursdays are better for him. Let's move it to Thursdays. Yeah. But I didn't bring it up. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what happened. No, no. I decided that, like, oh, yeah, you know what? It wouldn't matter that much. Going out night, you know? well, that's Dan's, Dan's rationale for why we couldn't, because on Wednesdays, I had to stay at work late to tape the Daily Show Global Edition. Then Thursday morning, I got to get up early, whereas on Friday, I can sleep in a little bit. Dan's rationale for not wanting to do it Thursdays, though, was that that was the night he kind of liked to set aside for his social events because he could it's sleep a, in a little on Friday. It's a big social night. But, Dan. It doesn't irritate me anymore. Now I think it's kind of funny. Uh, and likewise, I'm constantly irritated by these two knuckleheads <laughs> for reasons that I think are <laughs> Should be abundantly obvious. clear to anyone who has listened to the podcast. The fact that you do all the work, we get all the credit, we interrupt you when you try to do nice things? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sometimes uh, when I'm riding on you guys' coattails, you don't drag me along fast enough. <laughs> That's kind of irritating. <laughs> But it, you know, can you guys be more successful and famous so I can just glide along behind you? I'm trying, oh, but boy. it's every anytime you're doing something creative with another person, there's going to be tensions. The tensions, in a way, get more so when it's a friend, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's that implication that there shouldn't. I be can't just there. fire you, yeah, and also, and you want to be on a good good terms with this person, you, so you can't argue or talk out the way you would otherwise. But also, if you're doing it for no money, there's that extra little bit of. Of pressure because you're like this should be fun. Why am I frustrated with it? Because it's work, but it, it's just inevitable. Yeah, and uh, your production will be better for it or worse. Um, <laughs> I don't know you, but we're <laughs> you know, but we're not breaking up, guys. We no, we're breaking know. bad. Dan's not wearing <laughs> pants and he's cooking up meth right now. <laughs> Look, it's the it's my next delicious uh, baking uh, experiment. <laughs> you got up to M in the A to Z baking book, and it's meth. <laughs> yeah. All right, got to follow the book. But uh, no, we're not breaking up at all. So uh, this next letter is from Alex, last name withheld, who writes... Croyus. It is with... Wow. I kind of like your movies. <laughs> it is with relatively bridled glee that I would like to point out that during a rare television appearance, Elliot said something dumb. I say dumb stuff all the time. Do you listen to this podcast? In John Last Name Withheld's final episode on a daily show, Elliot's appearance featured him discussing a theory about Jabba the Hutt's potentially insensitive nickname. Elliot claims it's a general nationalistic title, i.e. Jimmy the Greek, sensible if insensitive. This is backed up by the appearance of other Hutt's in the extended Star Wars universe, such as the hilariously bearded and unoriginally named Zorba the Hutt, titular star of Zorba the Hutt's Revenge. (laughs) Which is the one that has all the, uh, the where's the makeup? Which the, is the that's hut the, lady? That's the lady hut, right? Lady yeah. the hut. Lady the hut. Mama the hut. S- sister of pizza the hut. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what did I say that was so dumb? Well, Elliot, you have been rendered retroactively wrong by Mickey Mouse. The extended Star Wars universe is no longer canon. Jabba the hut is now only hut, similar to his fellow puppet actor Yoda the Yoda. Uh, as such, the title is referenced to his status as the only one of his kind, sliming his way across the universe in a lonely kung fu-esque existence. Millions of people tuning in for a landmark television bore witness to Elliot's wrongness. Dan, Stu, thank you for being consistently correct. Uh, your consistently correct contributions to the Flophouse community. Wait He's a seeing you, Alex Lasky. I don't understand. The, I'm not I mean, sure I follow the logic so, either. Wait, was so when the extended universe was rendered null and void, that... What they're saying is that Jabba the Hutt is now the only one of his species. 
But what about when he goes to be the MC at that pod race or the <laughs> guest of honor? There's another hut there. Yeah, I don't know what I don't. And also, how does that change what the hut means? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I, We're gonna have to have a longer conversation about this. Yeah, I think opposite. it's gonna be on the walk home from dance. <laughs> I'm on the opposite side of this uh, argument, but I still think, but I think that your argument doesn't make sense. My argument? No, this letter's. Oh, argument. oh, yeah. I, th- I think that that argument is. So you're saying that this letter is? Oh, this letter is not your ally. I apologize that I got distracted there. I had to hurl a cat yeah, you, from my lap. You had to, to spike the uh, cat and then do an icky shuffle. Yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a couple times during recording these episodes now where Dan's cat not only nudges me but jumps on me with its claws digging into my clothes, mm-hmm. and I don't like that, Dan. Yeah, I would sorry. say declaw your cat, but that's cr- cruel to it's the cat. To the cat. It's like cutting off a cat's fingers. Don't do that. But maybe yeah, like yeah, your cat's not hasn't wronged the yakuza. No, maybe get like a mannequin of me wearing my clothes and put something your cat doesn't like on it, so it learns to stay away from me. Yeah, what I does your cat not like loud noises? Okay, I, I can't be louder. Okay. It's impossible humanly. <laughs> yeah, the problem is Archie is too much love to give. Well, I have enough love in my life. <laughs> but now, uh, so yeah, letter writer, write back in, Alex, and explain what you're saying, because I don't quite understand. Uh, this last letter is uh, quite a letter. I'll just... I'll, is this okay. the kind of letter that we shouldn't interrupt you because we'll feel bad afterwards? Uh, no, it's not that kind of letter. Okay. Um, although, I, I would say that it's sad news, but sad news delivered with a lot of elan and flair. Okay. <laughs> so, uh... I'll just uh, I'll just read it. I'm disappointed to announce that I'm rescinding my invitation to my April wedding that you were debating actually coming to. What? It's not that I love you guys any less. You've helped me pass the hours during some terrible times and some great times. But I've ended my engagement. We had some irreconcilable differences. The main one being that we disagreed on whether I found it okay that he's still married to his first wife. <laughs> No, I'm not the protagonist of last year's underappreciated horror thriller, Crimson Peak, nor am I Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca. And in comparison to those people, I'm doing pretty well. But I am bummed that I will not have the honor of meeting you at an expensive reception that my family would be paying for. You're by no means obligated, but if you read this letter on air, I would appreciate it. And it's okay, because my ex-fiance never really got into the show, and I did try. And even if he does hear this, he knows what he did. Hint. He lied about being divorced. Keep on flopping in the free world. First name withheld, last name withheld. I'm going to say that... Uh, and people say that there's no follow-up in journalism anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they do say that. Do they? <laughs> I'm going to say that I, I had a, a friend who I will not identify who also had a broken engagement and with the engagement being called off a few weeks. For the weeks. same reason? Not for the same reason, but for a similarly not excusable reason that was it was called off a few weeks before the wedding and i'm gonna say the same thing now that i said then which is it's a painful thing but better to have it done now than later when it's when your life has become so much more complicated by being further entangled with this person so i mm-hmm. am not glad that you had to go through that but i'm glad it happened to when it did divide up like his and hers towels his and hers salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, or if you were boats. if you had a child before this came out, you oh, know, yeah. like that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Where your life that's is now more complicated, than much what I was more complicated. <laughs> I'm just amazed so, by the telenovela style life that uh, our listeners are living. Apparently, it's certainly more exciting than my life. Yeah, not that I can complain. I'm triply blessed. <laughs> well, now, Stuart, you're a polygamist. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, you've got a couple families yep. stashed around the country. Explain. 
Uh, well, you just got to keep trading up. You got to keep hiring, uh, hire, I guess, finding younger wives. <laughs> you got to keep hiring. hiring your wives. <laughs> now, I see on your resume <laughs> that you've just put down good wife. Mm-hmm. That's, now, does that mean, I mean you that's enjoy a great the start. show, The Good Wife, or you would be a good wife? Yeah, uh, or is that both, under wh- hobbies, whatever special it, interests? Whatever it takes to get me the job. <laughs> like, well, I like that. So uh, you didn't put this down, but pluses. You're a go-getter. <laughs> Under weaknesses, it says you care too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bullshit weakness. <laughs> you're uh, the under weaknesses. You wrote down perfectionist. <laughs> now I can see what you're trying to do here. It says high standards too hard on myself. <laughs> Under weaknesses, you should have put liar. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That doesn't disqualify you from the job because, uh, frankly, the headshot was the most important part. <laughs> Your ability to shoot somebody in the head at a long distance. <laughs> Wait, that was what the job was? Yeah. Are you hiring wanted? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to be able to bend this crazy wailing bullet that's been scrimshawed. Do you yeah. have a big tattoo of a tiger on your back? Okay, great. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to bend this bullet by, I guess, sort of throwing the, the gun around. Yeah, while Remy, Remy LeBeau in your arm around when you fire Are the you gun. willing to take orders from a magic tapestry making machine? <laughs> okay, let's talk. What a crazy comic book that was. <laughs> That's not even in the comic book. I love it. They're like, huh, this thing is too much about superheroes. Let's change it. Uh, well, of course, we're putting the magic loom in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Kids love looms. They love looms. They can't get enough well, old-timey the weaving. Well, the weft. <laughs> There's wolves probably, too. Um, so I guess we're sorry about your engagement is... Is the takeaway? But happy I mean, that it's your a life mix. is like, yeah, it's a mix. It's a it's it's a bad thing to go through, but a good thing to have happen rather than the alternative of being in a relationship that is, I guess, invalid or illegal, but you don't know it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But so, that is crazy. But hey, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Said a crazy German. Hmm. Uh. Wait, is that Katy Perry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Werner Herzog's oh, Okay. Um, so, uh, thank you for all the letter writers out there, um, out there in letter land. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to close up that letter bag yeah. and we'll see you next time. Tying it shut. What we're going to do more now letters in there, is but listen to we a song don't have time to from read them right now. Tie it up tight, tie it shut or the letters get out and they'll hurt you at night <laughs> when you're sleeping vulnerable alone in your bed. Letters come up and creep onto your head. And nobody knows what happens next, except that your body's found under a bridge covered in stamps. Nobody knows, but the letters, shh, tie that bag tight. So now is when we recommend movies that we actually liked in contrast to The Cobbler, which was excrement. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow, a harsh statement. From a man who's never made a movie himself, yeah. doesn't know what the pressures are like. I love you, Tom McCarthy. You're a good man. You've done a lot of good work. You, you, you give him a thumbs up. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, Dan, why don't you fire this piece up? Sure. I watched, Throw a log on this bonfire. I watched uh, for the first time. I finally got around to watching uh, The Deer Hunter. Okay. Um, no, that's about magic shoes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's about a magic bullet. <laughs> That goes mm-hmm. through someone's head in a game of Russian roulette. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And then, no, I'm not going to make a back to the left joke. Um, <laughs> but this is a m- movie that I avoided watching for a very long time, primarily because it's like three hours and 15 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took me having a long weekend to get around to it. Uh, it just happened to be on Turn Classic Movies. And um, 
I don't know why I I waited so long. It's, it's a long movie. It's uh, yeah, it is long, but I found it uh pretty engrossing all the way through. Um, actually, weirdly, I found the last third the least engrossing, just because I kind of knew from years and years of spoilers where it was all headed. Whereas uh, the first two thirds are, you know, un- sort of unexpected. The first third, in particular. I actually found really interesting where it just was a very long um, ethnic wedding uh, in this small uh, industrial town. And it did that 70s thing that movies <laughs> seem to have forgotten. <laughs> that how 70s to show. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is where it all the characters just kind of sit really close to the camera and the camera pans around each of their faces <laughs> while they say something. It did that thing. That Calling movie, each yeah. other dumbass and whatnot. <laughs> They do that thing that movies seem to have forgotten. Can you fly, Bobby? Oh, boy. (laughs) That thing that movies seem to have forgotten how to do where the characters get introduced through action and through suggestion uh, as you get to know them rather than characters explaining what their deal is. But Jimmy, you're a cobbler. Yeah, it's the Saturday Night Live impression thing where it's like, hey, it's me. TV's Michael Caine. <laughs> TV's Michael Caine. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple notes on that impression. One, he's not really known for his television work, if he's ever done any. Two, it sounded more like Jimmy Stewart. I'm nervous about doing a Michael Caine impression anymore because uh, I was working on my racist Michael Caine impression based on his uh, not-all-white Oscars uh, comment. Oh, I don't know like, what he said. Just, just wait your turn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awful. Now I, I feel I bad play, about impersonating Michael King. I played Harry just, Brown. Just, I know what life is like for brown people. <laughs> it's terrible. You have to be an old man vigilante. Oh man, he's that's a bummer. Um <laughs> something something dark night rises. He, he is an old he is an old English man, so I do mm-hmm. not expect a high level of racial You'll just have to him. pick your shelves back up. What voice, Blues? what voice is this? <laughs> Good night, you kings of Maine, you, you princes of New England, or whatever the line is. Here are the abortion orphanage. <laughs> the abortion orphanage. <laughs> I see you're following some cider house rules. <laughs> not, the money's not here, it's in the cider house. <laughs> Bill's house. The house of mouse. Okay. That's right. Uh, but yeah, Deer Hunter got some great performances from oh yeah, the Deer Hunter, uh, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, and beautiful cinematography. It's 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 quite an experience, to, and uh, it's well worth the investment of time. Uh, anyone else? Yeah, I uh, earlier this week I went to an early screening of a movie that should come out the day before this podcast comes out. A movie called The Witch. Uh, it's Pronounce the witch, although it's spelled with two capital V's instead of a capital W. And it's uh, it's a period piece uh, set about 100 years before the Salem Witch Trials. And it's set in New England. Um, And it is uh, it's very true to the time period. There's a lot of effort made to uh, like have the the characters who are an English family who've come over from England uh, all like. They sound and they act like an English family. Their their clothes are all hand stitched. Uh, it's a very atmospheric movie that's big on like uh, a build up and a slow pace. And the score is great. 
and there's definitely some scares. It's kind of interesting because it's a movie that is being kind of pitched as like the next like super scary movie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's so slow and atmospheric that I'm kind of surprised. Like, I think some people will be disappointed, but I thought it was great and it was scary. And for a first time for a first feature from this director, it was very confident and really interesting. So if you like your horror to be fairly like thoughtful and interesting, I would go check it out. No dummies apply. Yeah. Leave your, it's not a check your brain at the door. It's, Take your brain and say, I'll be keeping this, please. <laughs> oh, no, I won't check this. I'll take it to my seat. Mm-hmm. And it's not because you're trying to save on a tip. No, I mean, you can still tip them. Although, if you're using your brain, you're like, that money's better spent somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like at the concession stand. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that it's going to be a slightly weird recommendation, if only because it's an un- <laughs> It's a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the cobbler really inspired me to think more about shoes. Uh, so watch it. I mean, it's a <laughs> shoe that you can just look at. Uh, I recently watched uh, Chirac, uh, okay. or Chirac, Spike Lee's most recent movie, which written by Aristophanes. Uh, That's well, right. yes, somewhat. It's based. It's a remake or adaptation of Lysistrata about the violence. A remake in of Listomania. <laughs> it's a remake of Listomania. Spike Lee's always wore his Ken, worn his Ken Russell influence pretty strongly. We all remember Lair of the Black Worm, his take on Lair of the White Worm. But uh, the it's about the uh, inner city violence in Chicago, and there are some things about it that are fantastic. Like as a piece of agitprop, it's really good. Uh, and unfortunately, as the mo- there's a certain point where the movie kind of runs out of steam and then keeps going, and he's made his point so well that it weakens the point a little bit. There are some scenes <coughs> – because it's an adaptation of Lysistrata, a lot of the scenes are in verse, and the way that's handled is really well. And in many cases, you're, a scene will start, and you'll be like, oh, like – the verse is so subtle at this part that I didn't even notice for a co- you know for a couple minutes that this was written in verse. And other times the verse is very obvious on purpose. Samuel L. Jackson is a kind of narrator character in it, and who I guess is taking the place of a chorus. Yeah, and he's really fantastic in it. Like the performers are really good in it, and there's the scenes that are really good in it are really good. There's an opening scene at a at a club where one of the characters is performing, and the way that that's handled and the way that the dancing of the people watching the show is handled, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that Spike Lee is like masterful when he wants to be with like film technique. Like this is a guy who knows movies inside and out and can do whatever he wants with them. It just so happens that like what he's saying is more important to him than how he says it. And so there are certain scenes in it where I was watching it and I was like, is this like a college sketch comedy video? Because it's like there's certain scenes where I was like, this is a terrible scene. Why is this happening? And other ones where it was really powerful because it was well-made and other scenes that were really powerful even when they had problems. So it's a really uneven movie and it has its own issues in that in theory, I guess it's about female empowerment and women using their power over men in a way that they wouldn't usually except that the women still, most of them are dressed up in like sexy army outfits for a lot of the movie and it's, they do a lot of like dance moves where they slap their butts in front of the camera. So it's like there were times when I'm like, Spike Lee, I don't know if you if you're as female empowerment as you think you are. <laughs> but uh, it's just like I, I mean, found, even though it wasn't a, it was not. It's an uneven movie. I found it to be a very powerful viewing experience. Yeah, and 
that just that it gets the the point across so strongly about like this is a big problem that no one really is doing much about the violence in the United States and specifically violence targeting black people either by regular people or police or whoever by regular people I mean non policemen but uh it's uh it's worth a watch if you can like sit through the scene there's a scene where the Lysistrata seduces an army general into letting her take control of a of a military base and i that was the main scene where i was watching it i was like what the fuck movie is this like this is spike i've been really this has been a really good movie up to now like i don't understand like this scene is terrible but then it picks back up again it just coax your thumb over to the fast forward button i mean it's i'm i never am i'm not a huge fan of people like skimming movies but mm-hmm. this is a movie where you could probably if you if a scene is really bad, then just like skip to the next scene. But like watch all the way through. It's one of those movies too where That's why DVDs are broken down in chapters. You know? <laughs> I guess so. But you can only watch it on Amazon Prime. Oh man. Or elsewhere, I'm not sure. But uh the it's where it's worth watching. It's worth sitting through the uneven parts. But you after there may be scenes where you're like, why am I watching this? But it's a good movie. It's powerful. <laughs> okay. Three Non-qualified recommendations. (laughs) I mean, this one is, it's uh, it's only qualified because there are parts where I'm glad I went through it, but was like, this scene should have been cut, you know, or this, this thing should not be happening. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's the show for another week. Yeah. Another half month. Thanks again to our network, Max Fun, uh, for producing a bunch of shows and yeah. that are great. Please check out the other Max Fun shows. They just added shows. a whole bunch of new shows, gotta, like uh, Travis so and many. Teresa McElroy's new uh, Manners podcast, Schmanners, mm-hmm. which teaches you how to be a better person. Yeah. Well, how to be a more polite person. Yeah. And we also added... Appear to be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> we also added uh, Trends Like These, which pre-existed, but uh, another Travis McElroy. Like, basically, they're all Travis McElroy joints these days. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the busiest his, man in podcasting. He's got his fingers in all kinds of pod pies. Uh-huh. Mm, Gross. Chicken pod pie. <laughs> Podcasts. Um, uh, they're going to have a podcast about pies tomorrow. <laughs> I get, why not? It can be. If pipers can be pied, why can't casts? <laughs> then we can have a pencil out of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> if this boy can grow leaves on his legs, then we can have a podcast about pie. <laughs> Take that, Lin Manuel Miranda. It's going to sound like so much gibberish to anyone who did not listen to the odd life of Timothy Green. Or pause, the pause the podcast. Go yeah. back. No, but, I mean you got to keep Don't listening. Don't pause it yet. Listen to Stuart's <laughs> directions. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to go uh, queue up the odd life of Timothy Green episode of our podcast and listen to it. And now then come pause back. and then listen and to then, it. And then like do the fifteen second rewind thing. Mm-hmm. And do it and again. Just brilliant. <laughs> just do it three times. A couple times. Okay. okay, do it to the beginning of this episode. Now listen to the episode again. Yeah, but when you get to that point, really enjoy that joke. Just like mm-hmm. really like like yeah, yeah. luxuriate in it. And yep. then take a moment to pause it and be like, what am I doing with my time? <laughs> my family or what's really important? Not this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> then throw your phone in the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, you give listen, up childish. You were listening to it on lake, your right? laptop, though. That was the thing. <laughs> Uh-oh, throw it in the lake anyway. <laughs> Shove it off a table like you were Neil Breen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just go live, man. Yeah, just, just take live. that laptop, sprinkle some ground beef, some lettuce, maybe some cheese, <laughs> a little bit yeah. of sour creams. That's a, that's a taco supreme at that point. <laughs> With a yeah. laptop on it. And then eat it. it. Go run through the field towards your love, you know? Or just she walk, or he's been waiting there for you. Walk through a wheat field, just kind of grazing the wheat yeah. with your fingers, gladiator oh, no, style. You're probably dead. Oh, boy. That's because you're in heaven. Well, uh, glad the flop house is playing in heaven. Yeah. 
rated R. Mm, Beetlejuice is playing at <laughs> the number one podcast heaven. all over heaven. Mm-hmm. It's a Sparks reference. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> is playing at heaven. You're dead. <laughs> Why did the movie phone guy tell me I was dead? Well, it's like there was. Twist. Do you guys see the John Mulaney Netflix special? There's a part where a subtitle was timed incorrectly, and so in the middle of a joke, randomly, a subtitle just comes up that says, you will die on, like, April 7th, 2038. And I was like, what the hell was that? And I did so much Googling to find out what just happened. Because <laughs> it was for a moment I was like, my, my Netflix didn't just tell me when I'm actually going to die, did they? And I started thinking about how am I going to use this time now that I know I only have this much amount of time. Yeah, it's like this, uh, Scott McCloud's a sculptor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's terrifying. It was really scary in a way that a rational person would not really be scared by, but I was. Um. So on, on that really creepy note, I guess, that note of disquiet and dismay. I mean, it's just a warning. If you watch John Mulaney's special, <laughs> that subtitle is just placed wrong. It's not, the Netflix is not telling you when you're going to die. <laughs> um. Well, okay, so it's a public service announcement against uh, disquiet and dismay. Yeah, don't be disquieted or dismayed. Um, but, uh, thanks for listening, uh, for the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm still Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalen. Unless I die on the day Netflix told me I would. Ah, then ah. you're somebody else so that Netflix can't find you and kill you. Oh, I be- get Dan. Give me your shoes so I can be you. You put on my shoes so you'll be me. All right. Zap. <laughs> your clothes fell off. <laughs> no. <laughs> your shoes stayed on though. It's cool. Oh, so you, Dan, you have Dan's wiener. Still did. Let's pee in this fountain. Figure it out. <laughs> beers you got this time? Modelo's? Yep. Especial, meaning that they're a spe- <laughs> they are a special. <laughs> <laughs> they're e-special. Mm-hmm. That's like Aaron E-shirts. Yeah. A cartoon character I want to have sex with. That's <laughs> <laughs> the e-shirts mascot? <laughs> yeah, she's that mascot. That <laughs> Is she they, the one who's a spy? Yeah, that she's the one that I think they dropped because they, sh- they they're dropped like, because there was too much porn on the internet about her. <laughs> Hey, that's the risk you run when you have a sexy cartoon yep. mascot. It's like uh, Svedka Vodka was okay with it. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hi, I'm Brian Safi. And I'm Erin Gibson. And we host the Throwing Shade podcast. On Throwing Shade, we look at an issue important to ladies and an issue important to gay people, and then we basically make fun of it. Yeah, and just to answer your question, no, we don't have a marriage pact that if we don't get married by the time we're 30, we're going to do that no, with each other. No, that's true, okay. although we have each been divorced three times. Okay.